go. Okay, John. Where's the steering wheel? Hey, Tom. <laughs> right, remember, right is right and left is for is not right. And left is right. Um, okay, road trip to Poland. Okay, so we had a great time in Ireland. So Poland, what are we going to do? To first, we have to go to Gdansk. Where the next day, we're heading for Kaliningrad. Yeah. Belarusian border. Yeah. Stop off in Hitler's home place, Hitler's Wolf Shans, isn't it? And yep. then we head down to Warsaw uh, via Treblinka. Yeah. And then we have uh, the Holy of the Holies, uh, Chestakova. Featuring the Madonna. With the, yeah, yeah, the Madonna. And then we head to Krakow and then on to Auschwitz. Yes. So it's quite a trip. We've got five days, got a half pack of cigarettes, yeah. we're wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Let's think... hit it. Okay. Let me see if can I get all of this right. Yeah, oh, there goes the radio. Let's turn that off. Okay. Uh, don't yeah. left, left, left. Hey! <laughs> Hey, we're off! What did we work at? 720 miles, nearly over a over thousand plus yeah. kilometers. Over what was fairly flat, mundane. I think we got up to three hundred and thirty meters at one point. That was the that was the high point. That was the high point geographically. My nose bled at that point, but uh, <laughs> I don't think, as we were saying, um, I felt a moment. Of, we had some hairy moments on the road where it got a bit icy and snowy, but and there was the whole Krakow in the in the fog. Five days. People keep saying, "What a crazy amount of that miles you did! You must have been in the car all the time." Well, we were in the car. I agree, but, um, well, lot, but partly for your good company, of course. But it was in the car as we did with the Ireland trip. We were either yeah. discussing things we had seen, yeah, or we were talking about things we were going to see. So the or listening to Gregorian chanting for an hour. <laughs> yes. And I'll try and find a copy of that. It was over an hour. It was a Gregorian chant in the snow, the fog and the ice. In Polish, of course. Yes. Yeah, that was... Um, <laughs> I had but, no idea what they were talking about. So it was quite mes- mesmerising. <laughs> Well, for me, I think it, met, it, it well it exceeded all of our expectations. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a great trip. So even though we say don't go there, we absolutely think lots of people should go there and do this trip. Absolutely. And the route worked out fabulously for the time we had. So yeah. uh, anyone with a, we can call it a long weekend. I suppose you could. You could go on the Thursday, yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You need five days. Yes. <laughs> Poland, don't go there. Day one. So a, a crazy early start, waking up at 4.30, drive out to Bristol Airport. We had to go because the flights, we went Bristol, Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Gdansk. But uh, we got there and uh, Gdansk, we, uh, there's a charming lady at the... I, just, um, I forgot to mention, of course, my 10 minutes at the airport with the security guys, he just kept flicking through my passport, never looking up and no communication. It's a great introduction into what I thought would be you know, yeah. Soviet... <laughs> it was a bit Iron Curtain-esque. Well, your experience was a bit Iron Curtain-esque. Yeah. Anyway, we got the car hire desk. A lovely lady um, helped us, and we started working on our mm. Polish. Yeah. So, Jim Coyer is thank yeah. you. 
Uh, we, we worked on that one. And then, and then we drove out. And initially... After she had said, it's much nicer here in the summer. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, so we drove out and it was, it was grey and cold and it was about one o'clock. But already, because the sun goes down at 3.30, mm-hmm. I think, in that part of Eastern Europe. 3.30, yeah. Um, got to the hotel. The hotel was a bit drab, yeah. wooden furniture in the room. So in some ways I quite liked it because I thought, well, this Soviet-era hotel is the Don Musica Hotel which is a music school. We didn't see much evidence of that. So, so far, Gdansk is grey and cold, miserable, a bit Soviet era. Leave the hotel, and we walk into the centre of Gdansk, and it was a revelation. Because architecturally, it's stunning. It's um, beautiful. It's a bit like Copenhagen or Antwerp, and these tall buildings. You've got merchants, and then there's the the waterside. Is it the Voltlava, the the river that goes through uh, Gdansk? So we, we looked around and big squares, but all brick built, interestingly, not stone. And we found that later on. The churches, remember? Yeah. So a lot the of the buildings. The biggest church in the world, was it? Tallest, tallest church tallest built church. of bricks. Built of bricks. Absolutely. Who would have thought? Yeah. So we, so we did that, stopped in a quiet bar, had, had yeah. one beer just to refresh ourselves. 8%. <laughs> thank heavens thank it was just one beer. Yeah. And, and then, having walked around and really enjoyed walking around, we then went to um, the, the World War II Museum, which yeah. was opened in 2017. Very dramatic, modern, brutal, yes. concrete. Yes, almost. Unapologetic. Yeah, a big rectangular building which has sort of dropped on its side and then yeah. set itself into the ground. Quite impressive looking yeah. building. Yeah. And so we walked in probably about two or three o'clock. We thought it seemed to be closing time. And um, I have to say, we both thought it, it and I really recommend it, because it was, it was the story of World War II from the start, yeah. uh, right through to the, ter- to the terrible end. And for me, you got a real sense of Poland caught, for the very first time, we'll talk more about this, won't we, but Poland caught between Germany and Russia. And yeah. it was just the worst place for that country to be. Um, but there are lots of things within the, and it's, it's a strange thing to say, isn't it? it because... A lot of the, the exhibitions um, were, were upsetting um, and unsettling, yeah. um, but it was incredibly well done because you, at one point you were walking around a replica of a street in the 1930s in Gdansk, and then later on you see a similar street with a Russian tank in the middle of it, mm. and it's almost a sort of before and after of war. Um, and, and I know you were really struck by a number of exhibitions as we went through as it tells the story of World War II. Yeah. Um, Especially the Russian... I walked in to uh, uh, a room, and they're done in rooms, and it's quite dirty. It's, it's it's a museum on the design of an IKEA because you can, <laughs> yes you do actually quite easily follow the route, and it was yes. easy to follow. You know, I fell behind and caught up with you, but it's it's tragedy on tragedy on tragedy. Yes, uh, you know there should there, there should be a, a tragic warning at the door, mm. but. Ironically, one of the biggest ones, and we get on to there was there was lots of them, but the 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 one I didn't know about, and we all learn about the history of the Second World War, mm. but I did not know that seven point five million Russians were captured during Operation Barbarossa, mm. and the Nazi policy was what we do with them. Well, let's just starve them, and hopefully mm. they'll die. And they killed in captivity. Three million Russians, mm. and the music that was playing sounded like because I was assuming it was uh, Israeli music or uh, mm. Hebrew, but it was a Russian, and it was playing in the background as they play this video with all these soldiers. Mm. 
they used to dig trenches to avoid it was in the middle of summer mm-hmm. so they just starved with the sun beating down mm-hmm. on them and uh, you know, probably water killed them like water mm-hmm. but uh, that was particular other one the, the 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 picture the you you pointed out to me the the guy shooting oh gosh there was a there's yeah. a um uh and i forget the name of it but beautiful um, times <clears throat> yes there was um there was a um a card i think from a nazi writing home to his family saying they're having beautiful times here in poland whereas actually he was one of the death squads mm. and the death squads before the the um, they set up the death camps, they would have death squads going round, basically killing yeah. Jewish families. Yeah, there was a picture of a guy with a rifle mm. shooting at a mother with a baby in her hands. Yes, and he had taken someone had taken the picture, and whether it was him shooting or whether he was the photographer, he had sent it to his family quite casually in a group of other photos. Mm. And talked about the beautiful times he was having. And this was just one photo he had thrown in. And mm. it was intercepted by partisans. Yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously, um, the rest is history, so it's been produced. But the key thing around that one is that you, you sent me a bit of... You sent me an article on that. Yes. Um, it was a different story to the one in the, in the um, museum, wasn't it? It seemed to have more detail on it. It was some guy who was actually keeping... A photograph album. Keeping a photograph album. And yes. actually keeping mementos of yes. the beautiful times he had yes. during the slaughter yeah. he participated in. So some of the photos... Even worse, is what I'm saying. It's, it's Yes. It, 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 so, so some of the photos we'd actually seen in the museum and elsewhere, some of those were his. He put them into an album, and on the front of the album... He'd written Beautiful Times, and the album was discovered, wasn't it, by resistance fighters later on. Um, and at some point, because the guy who did the album, he somehow survived, didn't he, after the war? Yeah. And after the war, he'd scribbled out Beautiful. He'd, he'd try to amend the album to just say Times. Times. Not, not, to, not to destroy this horrible, horrible thing he had, but it, it's, it, for me... It was like a it was like a serial killer who wants to keep mementos of, exactly of their crimes. It's it's bizarre. I, yeah. I, I, that to me was it's the little details that are really upsetting. Is that when you get people like that? Yeah. There were there was a lot of psychopaths and would be serial killers that got their chance to uh, fulfill their horrible uh, desires. Um, well, the shocking thing is that probably until that point, they might have seemed normal, but something happened, 
in 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 the war or in the propaganda, which which catalyzed a change for the monster within um, t- to come out, and and also all the terrible things they were doing, as we've been seeing, were encouraged, were even celebrated by the Nazis. But then it begs the question: Are we all potentially monsters? Um. I read afterwards that the World War II Museum in Gdansk, a lot of controversy on the presentation because the Law and Justice Party got involved. Hmm. And they say, I quote, we want more patriotic and less thought-provoking. Can you imagine? And they carried on to say, it's paid for by the Poles, so it's to tell a Polish story. Wow. Uh, and, and, And patriotic, that's a euphemism. That means... We want to tell a story from our perspective. Basically, make polls look good. Mm. Like, uh, make it less thought-provoking, which is an euphemism for, ooh, don't make it awkward. Yes. But that, that's, 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 again, propaganda, isn't it? That, the idea of a museum, you'd like to think, is to tell the story of the past and tell it accurately. So what they're doing, that party wanted to tell their version of that story. A right-wing conservative version of that story. Sounds horribly familiar. For me, we knew what we were going to see with Treblinka and Auschwitz, which, of course, is killing it at it, 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 huge and, and terrible scale. But when you saw some of these very um, vivid pictures of families just yeah. being killed... That was a step, ...being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I think it was two million Jews were shot in the street. Yeah. If we talk about Auschwitz and mm. uh, yeah, Treblinka and everything else, but they they went around shooting mm. families mm-hmm. in the street and leaving them uh, leaving them in the fields, mm. um, which obviously added up to the six million that mm. were, that were killed. Which, which and it was as you said, it was very it was very sobering. There were some elements I won't say lighter, but there was the the evidence of of how good the Nazi Party were at the early days of marketing because. Yeah. We had a whole series of posters where they were trying to recruit for people, local people in different countries, France, um, Norway, wherever else, to join uh, the German war machine. And what they'd done, they'd they'd picked out identity. So, for instance, they had a picture of of a Norwegian and a Viking Mm. in the background. And they were sort of trying to suggest if you join the German war machine, actually, you're, you're sort of living your Viking past. Yeah. And there are a whole series of these of these posters, didn't they, per country, trying to recruit people to join um, the Germans, which I suppose is a bit like the Romans. Chivalrous, almost. Yes, yeah. and, but was at least the Romans, if you joined the Romans, you were then a free person of Rome. Yeah. Whereas um, it was that, and then, as we said, the sort of, the um, fascist, there's something about fascist art, and, and there's... It is odd, isn't it? It's a sort of strange, it's physically muscular, it's a sort of almost homoerotic aspect. Yeah. You do wonder about Hitler and, you know, uh, really was, was Ava Braun the cover. But all these pictures <laughs> of, of these fascists, they all, they all look the same, don't they? It's very odd. But it's, for me, when you see all of that, as I say in this museum, you not only had the, the war machine the killing machine, and then the propaganda all working together yeah. to, to subjugate nations. It, it was very, it was, I really recommend it. But we came out 
a bit worn out, really, and a bit sort of. I said that's the start. My yes. God, how are we going to go five days on this? So, but just by on, on the propaganda, the posters were just amazing. You know, mm. they, they, mm. they were modern mm. marketing. But you could then get to little stands where you saw groups of people killed in fields, and it was slightly ambiguous who was killing them, mm. whether they're Nazis or whether they're mm. collaborators mm. and stuff mm. like that. And, and there's a, a genuine. Obviously, no one wants to admit that Grandpa took up arms as a collaborator. But my God, there must have been a lot of them. Yes. And, and, and it is it is like um, where they brought them and they brought them to the edge of the pits, yeah. shot them. And then someone casually comes along with a camera takes a, and yeah. takes, a, takes a picture. And it's, um, there's this, dis, this disconnect between the sheer horror of what they're watching mm. and the... A bit, and the need to like, the, and we saw this throughout in in, mm. in Auschwitz, the SS, SS. I know they were probably taking pictures for documentary reasons to prove that they'd done stuff. But all these pictures being taken by these people, mm. and uh, can you imagine today doing the same thing? All of a sudden, someone's just uh, shooting twenty mm. people into mm. a pit uh, in Bloomfield Park, mm. which is in Bath, listeners. Yeah. And uh, we all pop around and take our cameras yeah. out and take a shot, and not try and stop it. Mm. Um, so, I'm not sure how what element of local participation we won't call it collaboration, but no. local participation was going on in Poland. But they certainly like to call out the fact that here's the Latvians doing mm. it, and the Ukrainians yes. were definitely coming in there with uh, metal bars, and yeah. they had photos of people lying in the street with their metal mm. bar and proud of it. So it was it's it's a general sort of struggle, I think, that Poland must be. Having um, well, and, and that's why we said don't go there. What, what the don't go there statement was also us saying to ourselves, Could we ask somebody, could we ask somebody from Poland about mm. that? Because, as you say, so many Polish Jews were murdered, yeah. but there were so many people in Poland who weren't, and I'm sure they're affected by war and by, by famine, but by propaganda, yeah. But, but we did ask the question. I think the key point came out when he says, "Well, who catered to Auschwitz?" <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's 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 uh, one of those things that it had to have come from local. Yes. They're not going to ship out and have uh, you know avocados from from Kenya. No, it, it had to be local local produce and local farmers and everything else sort of yeah. feeding. I'm talking about obviously they didn't cater very well the prisoners, but the the officers and mm. the, the, all this stuff to support. Um, the war machine that was the Nazis. Mm. So, but there, for the grace of God, as they say, go you and I. Mm. You know, it's not like you know, it's not a judgment, and that's why the you know don't go there. But we need to sort of go there and discuss this. And uh, it calls you to ask a question. It calls it? you to ask a question because, the, as I said, this is a Polish museum, and this is day one. Mm. But it's 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 very comprehensive. It's right, it goes right through the war. It even has the Japanese mm. uh, uh, elements of it. But then you just hit on points where you see local people massacring yes. uh, uh, Jews or mostly Jews, yeah. but gypsies and mm. undesirables and everything yeah. else, and you're and you're wondering which side were you on? Mm. You know, mm. it's like everyone. It's it's like the analogy I always bring up is that when people watch zombie movies, mm. they always 
think of themselves as being attacked by the zombie. They never think of themselves as the zombie. Nine times yeah, out of yeah. ten, you're the zombie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> attacking, so... No, I think that that's one of the questions which you begin to ask. And so, we left the museum, which was extraordinary, but we left, and then it's, uh, now it's very dark. We went to a bar, because bars will feature in our trips, just yeah, so yeah. we could reflect. Uh, quite a nice, charming bar, craft beer... Um, and for the first time, and not for the last time, terrible music. Terrible music. So it was really loud, heavy metal music. Um, beer was fine, um, just horrible. And we were met um, by a um, supplier of amber jewellery to, to my business, uh, Marius, Marius. Uh, and his brother Andre. Andre. Uh, and they very kindly met us and took us for a brilliant meal. And we had a great evening with them and talked about them and... And we touched on the history of the country, but carefully, because, of course, so much of it is difficult. But for me, when I said to um, uh, Marius at the end of our dinner, and I said, because we talked a lot about um, the war in Ukraine, where do you see Poland in five years' time? And he said, it all depends on the Russians. And I was really saddened by that. And I know that you could say a lot of Mexico's um, fortunes depend on America or Canada, but he didn't mean it like that. He basically meant that Poland will do better or worse depending on what happens in the conflict in Ukraine. So here we are, 70 years after the war finished mm. between Germany and Russia. He's now sitting there trying to run a business with his family um, and um, still worried about Russia. Yeah. One, the one, uh, a, a light tone was he is a dealer in amber, which, as you know, is fossilised tree sap. And he was saying that when there's a... Um, no one knows that. Oh, do they not? Right, you do now, folks. <laughs> so when... Um, uh, think about Jurassic Park... Uh, but by the way, it's a nonsense. Yeah. So, um, well, yeah, they um, the point that out, Yes, so you can't make a dinosaur from a um, DNA a, of from, a from, from a from a, from a fossilized mosquito. But it looks good, and please buy it at gemporio.com. <laughs> the um, <laughs> I've got to make one plug or two. So um, he was saying that if there's a big storm in the Baltic Sea, five hundred oh, to a thousand yeah. people will be on the beach looking for amber because, of yeah. course, a lot of the amber is is under the the, the sea shelf. That's where the big forests were, and 500,000 people will pour onto the beaches after a storm and try and get their own amber, which I thought was rather lovely. Which was interesting, too, because when we got to uh, Chestakova, mm. remember all the rosary breeds? Yes. Made of amber? Yes. So it must have come from the north. From Gdansk. Coming down yeah, exactly. south, because I've never, you know, rosary beads and amber, I'm sure they happen, but mm. this was every second yeah. rosary bead. And they were, they were fun guys. It, it was... Um, Interesting. Uh, so just to wind down our night, at the end, we went, <laughs> we went and... I've kar- forgotten this. Karaoke'd. Remember that? To an empty karaoke bar. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than an empty karaoke bar. But there was a local who um, basically sang most of the time. And we felt that he couldn't have yeah. the mic. And so uh, we had to go ourselves and entertain the three other people in the bar with some, some relatively poor singing. And so, if you're interested in karaoke, if you go to Poland, they all sing English songs. So yes. we sounded fabulous. <laughs> true, true. I never karaoke before, but uh, I sang "Zombie" by the Cranberries and yeah. one other one. And my God, I sounded good because it's all relative. <laughs> it is, and uh, it, it, we all know what an earworm is when you have a song which you can't get rid of. So. For the rest of my road trip, I had that bloody song in my in my mind for five days thereafter. I think I thought it was quite appropriate. You know, in their heads they are fighting. I think the Polish okay. may still be doing that. So. Nice, nicely done.
And that was our that was our day one. Is that right? That was our day one. I think the photo was what the thing we took out of it. It got us into the whole idea of what it takes to be uh, uh, involved in the Nazi machine. Mm. You've got to believe. You know this idea that we're following orders. Mm. I just, I just, I think there, you know, there was. These are naive people mm. in the fact that they weren't used to TV and radio. Mm-hmm. But radio came in and cinema was coming in, and just showing them pictures changed their minds that that much that they would be talking about beautiful times, shooting women with babies mm-hmm. in arms. Mm-hmm. That that was one of the key things I yeah. took out of that museum and out of Gdansk and karaoke. Okay, day two, we leave Gdansk. Our plan was to go to the Russian border near Kaliningrad. Then we're going to head as far east as we could to the Belarusian border. And in looking at the map, we realised that we could go close to Hitler's uh, Wolfschanz, which was his forward command post in Eastern Europe in the war. So we didn't know what it was, So, but we I thought did, we could I go had there. never heard of it. What a fine. What a fine. Don't go there. So um, so we head out of Gdansk. Uh, it's very flat. Well, and it's interesting. The, the, the Poles, it means something, doesn't it? The name oh, Polish. The Poles, Poles, yeah. What, what did we find? Plains people. Yeah. Not plain people. Plains. People of the plains. Yeah. But it was very flat. Yeah. Reasonable roads. Uh, and incredibly straight. The roads, so many of them were still, very, very straight. Ironically, they're still deep into their SUVs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't know why. Even that's very flat. So I suppose the first thing, we, we're getting close to, because if anybody looks at a map, uh, you've got, it's called a Russian oblast, yeah. which is basically a piece of Russia, but it's surrounded by non-Russian lands. It's got Poland, it's got Latvia. Yeah. Um, and as we got close to the border, which we wanted to go and see, the first thing, we started to notice Polish military vehicles, didn't we? Yeah. And as we got closer... It started getting a little scary. There were more of them. Yeah. And then at one point, we, when we got close to the border, we drove past uh, a very big uh, Polish military camp, guard on the gate, armed, looking very serious, as you would do. Alert, looking yeah, at you. Yeah. Um, and... Maybe we're just, you know, soft. Well, <laughs> there weren't many cars on the road. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah. And at one point, in order to get to the Russian border, uh, we turned off the road, but we could see... That the junction ahead was blocked oh, by a police, police car, yeah. so they clearly don't want you to go to the Russian border, which is interesting. And then after a bit of navigating, we did finally arrive and the, at the border the, with Russia. And to paint the scene, dear listener, it's snowing. It's, yes, it's it's all white around us. It's uh, yes, it's November, but we left um, Gdansk, uh, not really getting a sense of snow, but it got deeper and deeper. And mm. when I say deeper, what was it in the end? Four or five inches, mm-hmm. but it was covering everything, mm-hmm. which did add a little air of mystery to it, almost. Yeah, I think I don't know, but it, it, uh, yes, a lot of us think about Russia in the snow, you mm-hmm. know, Russian hats, all those kind of things, Cossacks. But it was, and there was the most incredible hoarfrost in all the trees. So yeah. you had all the trees, which didn't have any leaves, but they had 
frozen snow in the trees, so yeah. all the trees were white, and it was very, very beautiful in many ways, wasn't it? It was absolutely. Uh, what was the, the what's the parasitic thing that grows in trees? Oh, uh, they had a huge amount of mistletoe. Mistletoe was a, a Polish. Yeah. A Polish export in the making. It, it absolutely is. So I wonder if mistletoe is not a thing in Poland. But there was so much of it, wasn't there? I've never seen so many trees yeah. dr- drowned. Uh, this um, because of the mistletoe still had leaves in November. Incidentally, they had lost all their leaves. We still have leaves here. True. It must be the type of trees. Anyway, so, and one other point, just to bring up on Kaliningrad, we never mentioned about Gdansk. The ninety-five percent German speakers. Yes. Um, the, the the whole shifting borders in that yes. area came to plan like and I've heard it so many times in the past like Jewish people I spoke to in America says we we were Polish but we were in Russia yes At, uh, my grandfather was born in Russia but then it turned into Poland and then mm. it turned into it, it was part of Germany but whatever so that that, that whole sense that this country is yeah. almost like um, shifting sand dunes mm. depending on which way the wind's blowing. And where the borders are, and, and, and agreements in yeah. greater wars. Yeah, can you imagine that? So you, you go into a war being German, Danzig, mm-hmm. and then because of some negotiation, you're then suddenly in Poland. Yeah. And part of the Soviet, you know, so Soviet sphere. And speak German. Yes. So, but you're, you're in Poland, yeah. yeah. So you might think you're German, then somebody says, you're not German, you're Polish. Yeah. How does that, that sort of... Was there not a revolt in Gdansk to get back <laughs> you, to, you, to Germany? You'd think there might be, but and that's what it made me think about our time in Belfast and Derry yeah. and those places where somebody arbitrarily just draws a line on a map and says, no, yeah. you're on you're on the different side, we've made the decision you're for on, you. Which, and again, this is a point we probably will come back to, but we did, as an Irishman, I can probably say this a little bit more, but compared to the sheer shifts in nationalities and ownership of the Soviets coming in and yeah. the Germans coming in or even going back further the the Finns were coming down and the, or the Swedish and what exactly it means to be a Pole mm. you know it just yeah. you're, you're in the middle there somewhere in the and, and we were listening to some history podcasts mm. as you do as mm-hmm. boring yeah. old gits um, <laughs> and they talking about the, you know these countries they have a you know the the nearer you get to certain areas that that's strong but the, the further out you get the weaker it gets and mm. it begins to look like another country yeah and uh, trying to hold the idea of Poland together mm. is a modern phenomenon mm. you know, it's like, what is it a hundred years yeah the, the new well it was a hundred years uh, but then of course nineteen eighty nine to their mind that's when they first became an independent country out of yeah. the Soviet the Soviet sort of sphere. So, going to the border, I thought, was, um, it was strange, really. And for me, rather like being in Belfast and seeing the gates in a city being shut. In front of us, the road had, it looked, it looked like any border crossing, didn't it? Or, or yeah. if you're in France, like a, a toll booth, but it was completely shut. Nothing going in, nothing going out. And we got closer to it. No people anywhere that I saw. That we saw, but we both said that I'm sure the car or we're on some recognition software, so our cards are marked from that point of view. So we drove up the border, didn't stay very long at all, turned round. And as we turned round, I was struck by the fact that we saw a sign saying, Welcome to Europe. And it occurred to us both that we had clearly been in Russian, because if we were being welcomed into Europe, we spent a bit of time in Russia. But the poignant aspect for me is that my dad was in the Air Force, and many, many years ago... We went to Berlin when the border was in place and we went through Checkpoint Charlie. 
the border was at least open to some traffic. We're in mainland Europe and there's a border with Russia and it's completely closed. So 70 years on or 30 years on from the so-called end of the Cold War, you and I are in a car next to a border in mainland Europe, which is shut, which we talked about this when we went through Ireland and Northern Ireland. That's a failure of diplomacy, isn't it? Yeah. The day before, we'd been looking at a museum which had talked about conflict and the, in the, in the inability to solve problems mm. with war, and we have a shut border in Europe. We're back to war. Yeah. yeah. And then we turned around, and the car, we sped off, and it was very strange to drive into. Uh, the sign said, uh, welcome to the European Union, and that's the sign yeah. we got, which meant at one point, we were probably in Russia, weren't we? Well, it must have been on no man's land. So. Exactly. And then, so the drive, we then um, found, uh, looking at the guidebook, uh, a thing called the wolf shants, which means the wolf's lair. Adam, he liked to call himself a wolfie. Yes. yes. When, let's face it, if you look at a, a wolf and look at a picture of Adolf Hitler, they're quite different. Slightly different. I, I'd go for more weasel. What, what, do you, what do you think? But then, or, or sort of... The weasel schmanks. <laughs> the weasel's lair. The weasel's fellowship. Maybe they had a brainstorm, but be, before he adopted his nickname of, of wolf, uh, hedgehog. hedgehog. What about what about, what about hedgehog? What the about? dangerous had off, but no. Yes. <laughs> Although I know a good story about a hedgehog who attacked a chicken. <laughs> we do. So maybe they worked through these and he said, no, look, stoat. No, it's small, it's aggressive. Badger? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's got to be the wolf. Are you sure, Adolf? You don't look like a wolf. You've got dark hair. You'd need grey hair. No, the wolf's it. Okay. Okay, the wolf's it is. The wolf is dangerous. I am dangerous. All the chicks are crazy for a certain burly wolf. A real sharp curly curly wolf. Whose line is oh so smooth when it spreads it on. I think he gave himself the nickname of Wolf. And the wolf shants, if anybody's seen the Tom Cruise film Valkyrie, you might remember it's basically lots of bunkers, it's in the forests, and um, that's where they're trying to assassinate Hitler. Von Stauffenberg. Exactly, he's the guy who tried to to do him in. Um, But we drove in, we were the only people there, heavy snow... And it was eerie. It was very strange for me. There was no one else there, that's another point. Yeah, there was zero... I didn't see any single person, or even footsteps there. We're the, we're the only yeah. people, and so you're walking around these huge, huge concrete bunkers, which the Germans are trying to blow up, haven't they, when they left? And they were leaving. But they couldn't blow and them remember, all up, because they're so big. And, and when you talk about big, we're talking about, how would you give the example? Because I'd never seen anything comparable. It was, it was, it was seven metre thick. Yes. Seven metre, not feet. Yeah. Like that is that will take a direct hit from whatever yeah. the strongest bombs were. And just to give you a, again the scene, it's a woods. Mm. There's there, there's um, little paths everywhere, and they mm. recreated it mm. as as much as possible of like what it would be. But mm. we're in the we're in the deep woods. Yes, we have to go off piece to get there, mm. which is why he um, they built it there. Hit the well, the, um, there, was a, there was a ring of steel around it in terms of the mines uh, plant around it. It had a small airfield nearby, but not in it. And they had to tell the few locals, because it is in the middle of nowhere, they had to tell a few locals that they were, um, it was a cement factory yeah. they were building, because they were using oh, yeah. so much cement they to were, build Oh, yeah, bunkers. I agree, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm swallowing that. By the way, who's catering for you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
is, is, her, is her a job in the kitchens. Um, so it was weird. And actually, we got photos of us inside Hitler's bunker. Yeah. And it was very odd to think that we're walking where all the Nazis, and they're all there, weren't they? They were there. They went there. Um, and, and, and all the big names were there. You know, the, you, the, you're the guy who was the head of the army. Uh, yeah, Goering. Goering was there. He was, he was, the, he was the Air Force, well, wasn't he? Uh, yes, yeah, so Goering. He was the in, in the white uh, chubby bug. In the, uh, in the flamboyant costume. Flamboyant costume. Um, Look at me. Yeah, exactly. Um, happily married, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but happily enjoyed the flamboyant Oscar costume. Oscar Wilde had two kids, too. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, and so it, it, was, it was eerie and fascinating, yeah. but the fact that it just blew us away was how much time he spent there, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It was, it was something, and also the fact was that every sign that says do not enter here was obviously asking us to enter yes, there. Exactly. There was no, yeah. But like we could, you can get into these and you do get a sense, and one of the eeriest ones mm. was the communications yes. uh, bunker. And they had the Morse code playing on speaker. Yes. So you had a sense of, oh God, this is, this is yeah. what it looked like. And they had a big poster of what it was like in the old days. And again, remember, it's snow, it's eerily mm. quiet outside there's no one there and we're just listening to the Nazis communicating yeah. with the Eastern Front yeah Operation Barbarossa yeah going bad Hitler's pacing mm. and we, we saw where Hitler walked his dog yeah and he had a camouflage netting as Kanye West used to say you know Hitler had some positives yeah, he liked dogs <laughs> No, it was. Um, I, I found it fascinating. Um, I said, but they were there for Hitler was there for eight hundred days. That was the fascinating point. So I thought he was there maybe for a few days, but yeah. he spent the majority of his time in the war in yeah. the Wolfschanz, planning the war, um, and, and and then running from it. And then twelve days after leaving there, yeah. he was in, he died in the Berlin bunker. Yeah. We, we, we talked about the fact that if he was there for so long, just surrounded by his, his closest colleagues and, and the people, and they had to be a special member of the, the German army to even be in that camp. Yeah. You can imagine the, the impact that, you know, that would have on him as an individual because he, he would, there'll be no challenge. There'll be no, nobody um, saying, you know, don't do this, don't do that. So, I'm, I, I, I'm sure that must have contributed to... Because he did lose his mind. Well, he, he probably wasn't the same person in the first place. But yeah. why, in the end, he just clearly... Um, so that was, that was all a bit grim. A couple of lighter notes. Because the light and shade, uh, my favourite bunker uh, was... Uh, which, which is a terrible thing to say, I know. But was the bunker um, of uh, Jakob Otto Dietrich, uh, who was the press chief of the Third Reich. Yeah. And so I didn't know that the Third Reich had a press chief. Public relations. Yeah, exactly. The, the, he, so he was Hitler's spin doctor. And uh, when we were going around this, we were just wondering, what sort of conversations would it be? Would Hitler maybe storm into his office and go, you know, Jakob, people think I'm a monster. People think I'm just a killer. What, what, what can I do? And maybe Jakob would say, kill less. Kill less. Yeah. Maybe pictures of you and your dog. Yeah, get a, get a dog. So, um, or a cat. That was the other thing. There were lots of cats. There were lots of cats, and one one we were trying trying to look it up. And uh, Hitler wasn't a big cat man, but uh, Himmler was. And uh, Himmler, all these cats, because it's such an isolated spot. Chances are, yeah. these are the great ancestors of Himmler's cat. Right. And they look like oh, I could see the evil in their eyes. <laughs> yeah, you, you you could. They um they did follow us. 
Jacob Otto Dietrich, and you did ask what happened to him. He was tried at Nuremberg. Oh, really? Yes, he uh, he did escape, but he was found again, and he was convicted. Crimes against humanity. Um, and uh, what I like was member of a criminal organization. They classified the Nazi party right. in the end, uh, which was uh, the SS. He was mentioned, he, and he only got seven years. Seven years. He was he was with Hitler throughout the whole war. Obviously, not at the end, or he would be dead. He must have ran off, and he was imprisoned. He was released in 1950, and wow. at the age of five, 55, he died. And in captivity, he wrote the Hitler I knew. <laughs> So he was still he was still doing his PR job then. Oh, I can imagine him wistfully looking out the window with his yeah his, his the Hitler on you. He liked he liked cooking. cooking. He, he was brilliant with parsnips. He 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 used to do what was that game charades? <laughs> exactly. Adolf would stand up and you know <laughs> what can we play tonight? <laughs> I know you, Adolf. <laughs> you old rogue. Not again. You old wolf. <laughs> Blimey! So the fact I have to say, the all joking aside, for clearly an architect of of the messaging around the Nazi Party, everything going on, seven years. Most of them. That was the other thing, by the way. The guide told us ninety percent of all the guards got away with it in Auschwitz. No one did all any. The, yeah. No one did any time for this. Just mm. slightly. Uh, Galling, I would suspect. Yeah. Um, and they all, we are only following orders. Um, wow. But Otto died, I wouldn't say peacefully. 55 is a bit young, probably a little stressed. Mm. Uh, someone around, but, but to take his time to write the memoirs, the Hitler I knew, Addy. <laughs> exactly. Much, a much nicer guy than people thought. Dolphy. <laughs> Also, Hitler, Hitler, the misunderstood years. No, you will see the. But you can't help but think if people said to him, "What did you do in the war?" Mm. How would he answer that question? Well, I was in a bunker for most of it. Few familiar faces. Don't really recognize anyway. Communications. (laughs) Communications. I I was in advertising. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Oh, I saw. I saw. I, I, I didn't see the detail, but I hate to think about it. These people probably die peacefully in their beds in a lot of cases. Yeah. And then, so that was that was great. And then we, um, it was lunchtime, and I'm afraid to say the wolf chance has two things. It's got a gift shop, yeah, uh, and we bought a couple of things for our um, anti-aircraft uh, bullet case. Yes, as for, you our, do. for our kids, um, which gave us a bit of trouble at the airport later on. on. Just imagine, folks, we are now buying um, that whilst they're not usable, they are rounds of uh, rounds of ammunition, which we bought as gifts. Yeah. Ex-explosives, I think. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. we're going to be flying out in a few days' time. And then there was a restaurant. The restaurant was rather charmingly placed in the. Um, in the officers' quarters, yeah, and uh, lovely waiters, and we had some delicious pierogi and some soup, yeah. But we did feel guilty, possibly um, sat in the same seat as uh, yeah. all the officers. Maybe yeah. Hitler came in sometimes and yeah. says, "Hey guys, what's going on? Yeah, exactly. Have you seen my new dog? Exactly. <laughs> I like dogs. <laughs> exactly. I like dogs." And and, and Yakov, his press secretary, going, "He's a nice guy. He likes cats too. <laughs> He's so misunderstood." 
that has got to be a really shit job. That was probably a stressful job, you know, to be honest. Yeah. Just to keep the keep the the press the press don't like you, Adolf. <laughs> what was the other the other thing we had? Like, what's the food? This is this is one of the key points where we had some of our best food because, uh, to be frank, it ain't a culinary hotspot the entire country. No, and we will get on to that in a second once we get. To, Closer to the Soviet bloc, <laughs> pierogi, which is a, it's like a it's like a dumpling, which is quite nice. They're vegetarian, yeah. stuffed with um, potato and cheese. They're quite nice. It's very Chinese, isn't it? It's quite yeah. bizarre. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and the soup was nice. So the food was good, I have to say. Oh yeah. Um, there, the food. Uh, was, uh, what's it called? What's the product? borscht? Borscht. Borscht. You like your borscht? Sweet um, beetroot. Beetroot. Soup. Yeah. And you know what? I said I'm going to have this when I get back. But have I bothered? It was only been a week. So we uh, we then left the Wolf Shants and we headed east, didn't we? And then the weather got worse and worse. The worse temperature worse. dropped to about minus three. Uh, we realised that whilst our hire car lady was charming, she hadn't put any um, screen wash in. Yeah. It was icy. The car was slipping all over the place. At one point, I nearly had, a, had you in a ditch about You did twice. a good job there. Uh, kept but us- that was another slight tip we should mention to our dear listeners. Yeah. Is all the roads are built on like... Yes. Uh, uh, for some reason, uh, banks. Mm. What are they, they're they're elevated, maybe for floods or whatever yes. else. Or snow, isn't or it? Or snow, but it also gives you the impression that any wrong turn and you're in or, a ditch. Or, in a ditch. That's right. There are dip, deep ditches either side of all the roads, and we presume that's to clear the snow into it. So we then we we felt like we were going to the middle of nowhere, which we were because we're heading towards the, the border with uh, Belarus, um, and it got colder and darker and more icy. And um, animals, yeah, animals jumping in front of the car, big deers, yeah, deer, jackrabbit, yeah, fox, fox, um, and eventually, um, and we were starting to doubt whether we get them. We got to our hotel, which, which I suppose looked quite nice. It looked sort of alpine. It was snowing. It yeah. had a spa, yeah. um, so it, it and the room looked okay. Yeah. Um, downstairs there was a there was a party of um, we presume Polish accountants yeah, yeah. Um, going through I think we met that up didn't we yeah we did local chemical brand yeah, yeah yes we don't <laughs> what did you do in the war the, um, and so we then went to uh, have uh, dinner yeah. in, in the dining room which was in our time in Poland the worst food and the worst possible service wasn't it Yes, and uh, it was quite a competitive uh, <laughs> uh, competition that in Poland. The worst food, I think. I think my the worst one was when they brought out the cucumbers and dog food, like it. Or what was it? The one with the lard and the bacon. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically a um, a small pot of white lard with pure with lard, pure lard with bacon and, and bits, bacon in bits in it. In but it. it's more, much more lard than bacon bits. Um, there was a scary sort of Eastern European looking guy with a massive dog and our waitress and when we say massive it was the size of it was the size of a small horse it was and our our waitress seemed to be channeling an angry Susie Quattro (laughs) so we we tried the bison grass beer because the next day we're going to see the bison yeah which was horrible Um, the bison grass beer was horrible yeah Uh, the wine tasted of nothing and she seemed determined we still drank four of them we did We, we managed to get through it but she didn't want to serve us and to their credit all of that drink, all that bison beer, all of yep. those meals came to thirty-five, forty pounds. Mm. It was cheap as chips. Yeah. So, although they didn't have chips, that would have worked. They do not. They didn't. They, we didn't have chips once. Uh, they didn't have chips once. Did you French fries?
So the next day we wake up. We have a the breakfast. Okay, we had the breakfast with the accountants from the last night's party. Which I know. I know. We, it's mean to say. Say, but anyway. there was, there was the, the because we were on the hinterland away from what we would consider fashion police. Yes, people were going wild in their outfits. Like yeah. there was a bit of stonewashed. A lot of stonewashed in it. There was like grown women dressed like they were twelve. Yeah. <laughs> yes, a lot of that. There was a lot of that going on, and um, it was just, uh, which I had a warm, fuzzy feeling for the USSR. <laughs> you did. It's, it's not often that we're the best dressed people in a room. No, but we were the best dressed people in probably, the room. It's probably never happened, but <laughs> I, I, I was tempted to actually sell some of them some Levi's. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was the night, and then the next morning, because we had a lot to do, we got up very early from memory, had breakfast at seven. Yeah. Which again featured a few... Intro- oh, it was... Um, I thought that was good, that breakfast. It was, it was like a buffet, though. We had a lot of choice because we had got up first. It was everything from... Uh, Stuffed Devil's eggs. eggs. Devil's eggs, that's right. Through to... Pork fat. More pork, more pork, pork, more pork fat yeah. toast. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this hotel was perfectly fine for everything yes. we wanted it to be. And, yeah. and I know we were taking the piss slightly, but it was exactly what we'd hoped for. And a little yes. bit of Eastern European... Yeah. Or Eastern Bloc, or slightly Soviet, which is very lacking in modern Poland. Yes, because it is a very European, very mm. dynamic, very um, yeah. uh, beautiful place. But not where we were. And then the next morning, of course, we we set off for the border. Now, two things were tricky. One, we were told to switch off our mobile data yeah. because we're on the border with Belarus. So it basically said, "Don't go onto a Belarusian network; so it will cost you a lot of money." So we were, we were without mobile data. We looked at the maps and we realised my hotel, it was only a mile, mile and a half maybe, to yep. the border. Paint the scenes here again for listener. Yeah. The snow, this is the deepest mm. snow we had. Yes. And it was a thick forest. Yeah. Not only a thick forest, the oldest forest in Europe. Mm. Which wasn't, don't picture it as big oaks. It was multiple yeah. small sapling Thinner trees that I think have a shorter life cycle or just mm. grow slower, but it was it was we were deep in the woods then, and that was the route to the border. Yeah, you're right. And that, so it's supposed to be the oldest forest. It might have been there for thousands of years, but it's, it's yeah. not big trees. It's no. just old. It's been like that for years. So we walked along. It's basically a track, um, thick snow, very quiet. The only people there at one point, it looked like a postman passed us. We didn't see them again. Don't yeah. know what happened to him. Um, Probably dead. Yes. And then then we walked and walked, and then suddenly, oh, there was a sign saying, you're approaching the border, do not pass this point. Um, if you pass this point, you'll get a 200... Um, what we worked it out. It was 200 pounds. A 200 pound fine. Whatever that is in Zalatis. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and John said, well, let's just do it anyway, which... But, you know, so we then just to w- clarify that I didn't technically say that, just uh, for legal reasons. Oh no, you didn't. Take- so uh, we, we, I'm sorry, no, we, we walked past the sign because we couldn't understand it. No, it was, yes, it was in Polish and Scripture. Um, I think we leave that in. And, 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 and <laughs> our lawyers will be in contact. And then round a corner on yeah. this snowy woodland track, yeah. which could be just any part of Europe. Suddenly, we walked eerily quiet, very quiet. <laughs> Enormous and clearly brand new steel yeah. gates, or not gate, the fences or barriers. Really, they were what twenty feet high. Without exaggeration, yeah, at least twenty feet high. They were, but current, um, what do you call that? Uh, galvanized metal. That's right. Yes, very new. 
but had a nice little almost um, barber's pole stuck in the ground, mm. which was must be the international symbol for border. Yes, but it was obvious, so I got a good fit picture for that. Mm. So, but um, so again, that was shocking to see a border and no way through. But clearly, the track before was must have been open. There was we, a road going to it, yeah. And we read in our guidebook that before the conflict with uh, Russia and Ukraine, that you could just walk through. You need to get a, a bit of a yeah a visa or something. And this something. is Belarus. Belarus. Yes. Yes. Is it Belarus or Belarus? Belarus. Belarus. Yeah. So, um, so we did the obligatory photo in front of the yeah. massive... Well, I went to try and get my hat, my foot, which is obviously a sensible thing to do. <laughs> it could have been electrified, but I went to put my foot through yeah. the fence to see, say I could at least say that, put my foot into Belarusian. And yeah. to my right, looked down, and there were two troll yeah. guards. What In the distance. Them? In the distance. Border guards. We're talking 300, 400 yeah. metres, maybe more. But just, just black. In contrast, remember, folks, it's, it's, snowy. it's snowy. And they I don't know if they saw me, but I about turned very rapidly and ran. Yeah. Walked. You you said stop running. You look suspicious. <laughs> so so as opposed to running, we just, we then just walked comically quickly, comically quickly, and just wondering what was going to happen. We'd actually agreed in the hotel to take off uh, any valuables. Yeah. So we weren't carrying money. We took off our watches. I was quite impressed by that. Um, that was good. In, that was good. In just in case we could have lost um, our wallet and everything. Yeah. Else. Or, or so we we carried uh, passports only. So as we were walking back from the border as quickly as we could to the, the tiny village where our hotel was, we were speculating what what was going to happen. And yeah. then suddenly, from the other way, there was a car, yeah. and it was a police car. Police car. So I thought, frankly, we're going to get arrested. Green, which was quite an yeah. interesting colour. But also a small little Fiat-type thing. It was. It was, it was, it was it's Four um, big big men in it. Or three, yes. three big men, you said? Yeah, it did have a comedy value, because they were squeezed into a, into a Soviet-era... Uh, Fiat Panda. It looked like a Fiat. It yeah, probably yeah. was uh, like a Skoda or something yeah, like yeah. that. But I, I went and turned down. So you saw. But so John very cleverly looked at those as some sort of map yeah. uh, on a board. So John looked like he's just having a walk. Absolutely. Uh, I, I waved breezily, <laughs> and they they drove past and, and slowly though. Slowly though. Yeah, I, I'd say sinisterly. Yes. Just for dramatic effect. Listen. Yeah. So I had all sorts of visions of, of something yeah. happening. I must admit, and you, you were the same, it, it, was, it was quite thrilling. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like, oh my God, what are we doing here? Because the, we, the, we, we, we are, it's no one around. Yeah. No footprints of other people had been there that day either. No. We had saw one car, we were a mile and a bit from the hotel, which was isolated anyway, mm-hmm. in the woods. Yeah. And the police had just driven by. And yeah. he had broken some law, let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. Let's be crazy. He had broken the law, and there was a sign saying, don't go in there. Yeah. So it could have been, again, one of those points I uh, mentioned. As long as we get by going to the border and not getting caught, mm. we'll be fine. Yeah. So we did the border, didn't get caught. That was good. Great set. Got back. I've never been so relieved to get back to the hotel, which is brilliant. And then we went on. But they, then they charged us so much for the par- parking, and we could have oh, parked us That's right. It was, it was a great move. It was um, not a lot, but they charged us £5 for parking in the hotel car park, where we could have parked on the street outside. Which was empty. Uh, yes. Well, the car parking probably cost us almost as much as the meal. No, not quite. Uh, no, no, um, no. So then we, we set off. Uh, we're heading to Warsaw now. Um, and the first thing we did was, because we wanted to see it, was to go to the um, the Bielowitsa National Park to have a look at the bison. 
Yeah. Because the bison used to be uh, native to uh, Europe, uh, yeah. European bison. So they died out in 1919. They've been reintroduced. So we want to go and have a look at the bison. And just to be clear, these are bison that look exactly like the American bison. I, I was fascinated by mm. that. They were quite dull when we actually saw them. Yeah, but bison aren't very interesting. No personality. No. No, but who did have personality. Yeah, we met a very angry deer. <laughs> um, so male deer, massive antlers, and um, we approached the fence, yeah. and the deer basically had a go, didn't he? Yeah. Just... And we just checked his name tag, and it said, you want some? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've never seen, and we, um, yeah, I've never, and I've, I was glad of that fence, I have to say. Oh, he did. He did. He went for the fence, tried to catch you, and it was just, if you if you put your hand close to it, he said, I can catch him now. And he came with these big antlers rushing at you. But it was part of the... Uh, and again, nobody there. Mm. It was empty. Uh, one family came when we were leaving, but That's that was right. it. We yeah. walked around, we saw the big four. So Europe can compete with the big five yeah. in uh, yeah. in uh, Africa. We had bison, yes. which I didn't know existed. Yeah. We had elk, which yep. I said hello to the elk, and he went yep. straight back. Um, yep. We had boar, yes. massive boar, yep. which I had never seen in the wild up close. But yep. these, these are like small minis, yep. like that thing racing at you. And then what was it? Deer? Well, it doesn't quite make wolf. Oh, wolf. wolf. Wolves. Two lovely wolves that yeah. were chewing on, hopefully not a, the... Uh, a key. tourist. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did notice a, a wristwatch on, on the arm of, of the thing the wolf was chewing. Don't panic. Uh, so that was that. That was quite nice. That was sort of a bit of nature. And then we headed off, uh, and the plan was to um, call into Treblinka. Um, which, Again, Colin, I would, must admit, you pulled that one out of the bag. And, uh, but it's on the route, wasn't it? So we, 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 we hadn't planned on doing it, but we, we called in not knowing what to expect. I'd heard that it's an extraordinary monument. Yeah. Um, and so we drove in, probably, uh, was it early afternoon at this point? Um, again, very snowy. Been, yeah. um, and, and, and Treblinka is, um, it's in the middle of nowhere, it was it was it was designed to be in, in somewhere where you wouldn't... This was your point, I remember you saying. So you're, you, we were th- approaching it and thinking, right, I'm a German Nazi yeah. looking at, where will I build something like this? Yeah. The brief is, we're going to be murdering millions of people, well, hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. We've got to make it practical, so it has to be close to certain rail things, yes. but hidden. Yeah. And like, it was just, that, 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 that was the weird... Yeah. You know, psychology behind mm. the, the, the weird situation actually as we approached it because there is, which people don't know, Treblinka Village. You remember? Yes. Yeah. New developments happening yeah. in Treblinka Village. Come to Treblinka, raise a family. And you're like, my God. Yeah. So, so we drove in again, it was just us there, which maybe, which maybe made it um, eerie. Yeah, even more. It was eerie. Yeah. Um, and for those people who've, who've, who've Read about it. Treblinka was one of the two or three. It was it was a death camp. There was no, no hiding. Work. It was no. It wasn't about concentration. It wasn't about work. It was about it was killing tough. as many people and, as possible. And they had mucked up a muck station. Yes, with, with, a, with a clock on it. Timetables. Yes, you would be mo- moving on to somewhere yeah. else. But it was the end of the line. Yeah, and it was um, on the main route. But the the um, it was like a siding, wasn't a it? A little siding. Would, Cut on siding, the, the people get off the trains thinking, and they were told that they're, they're in a transit camp, 
um, but they would be killed and everyone there's no survivors everyone dies there was a break you were having and you could have time yeah. to have a shower yeah oh god so that was terrible and um, just just studying it and looking at it but it was for me it's really haunting because what they'd done they had cleared out um, a space in the wood which was the same size of the camp mm-hmm. and the Germans to um, hide the crime had basically raised the camp put on a, a farmhouse so people wouldn't suspect it was there yeah. but that farmhouse has now gone and, and what you have is a central enormous big monument created in the 1960s but around it you have um, thousands of, yeah. of rough thousands. stone put into sand and on a lot of the stone, stones are, are named of towns and we were really struck by Bialystok was a town we had driven through and Bialystok nearly 50% of the population were Jewish and 50% of that population of who were Jewish were taken to Treblinka and, and were killed. It's the biggest supplier after Warsaw. Yeah. To the, but each stone had a name of a town on it, which I read up recently, and the name represents a minimum of 5,000 deaths. Gosh. And um, the big monument was built on the gas chamber. Yes. But they also had, and I can't get my head around this still, no, no. the grill... Yeah, or they didn't call it a grill. They called it something else, but it was more or less a grill where they threw the bodies. bodies. Yeah, with the fire, which uh, Treblinka, two miles away, there was a little bit of a work camp, and that's where they supplied the wood for this. Mm. And then all that ash was then just um, thrown around, and, yeah. and, and uh, hence the uh, standing stones. But I just found the the theater. Mm. of the Nazis and the pre-planning and there had to have been a meeting where they sat around and said okay all right we know what we're doing here we're killing uh, thousands Mm. the the numbers that uh, Heinrich has just established Mm. we could get up to half a million Mm -hmm. maybe a million if uh, if we really try hard how do we best Mm. push people through this yeah people Mm. Mm. Which, um, men, women and children. Men, women and children. Didn't matter. And mm. um, I think I think that thought r- rushing through your head, and I, this is this is how I'd recommend we do, you, you do the trip this time of the year, mm. with no one around to distract yeah. you, with the snow falling, mm. and uh, mm. I was reading a book at the time, the uh, tattooist of um, uh, Auschwitz. Auschwitz, and he talked about the, the ash yeah. falling. Mm. And uh, it's just that, that sort of, Mm. gentle piece of sheer agony yeah. or whatever I don't I, I, it, it, it was it, it was probably the most poignant yes visit we had mm. and I, I dare say even more poignant than Auschwitz but yeah Auschwitz was more Jesus this is this is actually mm. this is the setup this is the wall they touch mm. this is the bed they lay on mm. This is, mm. but this one left like I think you had a phrase you left more for your imagination. Yes, and I, and I yeah, I agree. It was, it was haunting. It was moving, um, and I think and in the a, snow. Yeah, so you exactly think that how freaking because you, you miserable it was. So they had the standing stones to represent the, the 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 people in the villages, but the only thing they did, the only physical structures uh, were they left the the platform, mm. so you could stand on the platform, and symbolically they put down massive concrete sleepers to represent where the where the rail track. The side, the siding. Yeah, the siding. Yeah. So um, that was um, really... Yeah. It was hard. And also just little things like uh, they show the map 
and there was a little section where the officers mm. were, and they had a little zoo for the SS. Yes. So you know, to cheer them up, to cheer them up, to pop around, yeah, the, uh, the, the uh, and, and enjoy themselves, and uh, maybe look at some animals. But like God Almighty, they had thought of everything. Yes, as you said, somebody planned it, and that for me was coming from the wolf shams. Because if Hitler had been there for 800 days and his team had been there for 800 days, surely some of the planning for things like Triple had been done at the Wolfschanz by saying, mm. how can we use the famous German efficiency to kill as many people as possible in the shortest amount of time? Yeah. I absolutely recommend going, um, but it's, 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 it's upsetting and difficult. So that was part one. If you like that, give us a like and stay tuned for the next part, which, unsurprisingly, is part two. <laughs> and we're headed to Warsaw and then south to Krakow. Lots to see, lots to talk about, and lots of understanding. Buckle up. I said, my God, what's I said, Poland, good match.